Mike, the football season is not even a month old, and I am already sick and tired of people talking crap on quarterbacks. Like, I think a lot of people talk about what's the hardest thing to do in sports. I think being a, a quarterback is the hardest position to play in sports. The, the mental aspect of it, notwithstanding, then you also have to be able to do things physically. But I cannot say, like, walk, going to the bar and a college football game's on, and some fat dude at the end who looks like Barney at Moe's is like, oh, this kid sucks. This kid can't throw the ball. It's like, dude, if you've never, listen, I was a below average high school quarterback at a low division high school. Okay. Come on, JJ, so, you were average. So, Come on, bro. So, what I, so you can't know what it's like third and short in the, in the teeth of a blitz, like backing up, trying to make your reads, make your progressions, do everything possible to put everybody else in position to succeed and then also execute physically. And I'm just listening to these people be like, oh, we can't make that throw. It's like, dude, you couldn't even dream of making that throw. <laughs> what are you talking about? All the talking heads on ESPN and stuff, none of those people know how to take a five-step drop. And they're out yeah. here talking about like, oh, this kid just doesn't have it. It's like, dude, you don't even know. Yeah, it is. I would agree by far the hardest position to play in sports. And I think um, I was super, super impressed. I mean, we, we've got a great crop, uh, great crop of quarterbacks locally, but I was super impressed. Uh, we were talking about it on on Friday with Darius Curry against Mission Viejo. You want to talk about exactly what you're saying. This kid, it's fourth and it's fourth and two. He's rolling out. He's being chased. And instead of gunning the ball to Jason Robinson on the other side of the sticks, he's waiting for J-Rob to get in position so that J-Rob's not running forward on the comeback so that one of them has their momentum stopped. I mean, really think about that. If you've ever seen a Mission Viejo defensive lineman, imagine someone chasing you to the sideline and doing that math quickly enough in your head to know what you should do and then executing it physically. Obviously, Miles Jackson, similarly, just like another masterclass game at Milliken. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I don't know. I, I You, were, you were nice enough to Hold mention on. the college thing. Like I hear, I hear high school fans talk about like, oh, he blew that throw or whatever. It's like, well... He's 16. <laughs> you remember that movie for love of the game with Kevin Costner? Uh, it's like this last baseball game. It's a pitcher for the Tigers. He's in New York and he's like trying to, you know, just go out on top. Right. He does this thing where he says, engage the mechanism. And they do a really cool thing with the filming where everything else around him just kind of turns fuzzy. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, the zoom background you can put if you don't like what the other side of your room looks like. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, engage the mechanism and like everything kind of gets quiet. And everything's kind of blurry around him, but he's in focus and the mitt is in focus and his catcher. You know what I mean? That's an adult doing that, right? The idea of being able to focus so intently on one thing that you can shut out the world. And yeah, Darius Curry, Long Beach Poly, the pressure that comes with playing football there. And this kid is able to engage the mechanism at 16 while like rolling out like that. That's crazy. That is crazy. And it just gets overlooked way too much. Yeah, I, I, I totally, 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 totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Miles Jackson, too, a Milliken. I mean, he's the type of kid who he'll be out there and you, he's a tough competitor, right? But then he'll come to the sideline and say something where you're like, I'm watching the game from the sideline and I didn't notice that. Right. You are, you are stuck in the tree. You are in a car crash. And somehow you were like, yeah, but that street sign read this number. And you're like, Wait, what? I mean, I think part of what's part of the the what has happened with quarterbacking is that the game like the kids are so much better now than they used to be. Right. I mean, let's let's just be completely honest about it. I, I've seen 
if you go back to the glory days, say a poly, you know, Chris Lewis was, was that type of kid who it looked like a video game, but by and large, especially in Long Beach, I mean, it was always run heavy teams and really not many people. Like if, if you hear anyone talk about legendary high school quarterbacks in Southern California prior to like 2010, everyone they're talking about was an NFL pro bowler. <laughs> Right. There, 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 there were no, you know, like, like we see now safety. Right. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that, like that's more the mold is like the guys like a John Timu or something at Jordan. But I think like, I think we're a little bit spoiled because offenses are so advanced around the timing passing, you know, spread, spread game um, at the pro and college levels. And then the kids start training so young um, that we're seeing these kids. I mean, Miles Jackson came into Milliken. (laughs) as you know and it looked like about as good as we would normally ever see a high school senior look from the first day he was in high school and that that's just like because of examples like that suddenly everyone's sort of looking top to bottom on the roster and and that's like expected to be the norm and I'm, i'm i'm with you that it is like when you've got great quarterback play, you just kind of have to appreciate it. But it's not something you should ever expect, especially not at the high school or, or even at the college level. It's like being an EPL soccer fan, like a club soccer fan, and expecting the, strike, the striker to score every time he kicks the ball. Right. Like, Kevin, <laughs> right. That's right. not right. how this works. <laughs> you do have to set up your teammates to succeed, though. And I think that obviously at the end of the day, when you're talking about a game like Long Beach Poly beating Mission Viejo, like the better team won that game. You know what I mean? And usually the better team, quote unquote, has the better quarterback. He's your leader emotionally, physically, all, all that stuff. He, he's the guy you look at when it's down to the nut cutting time. And you're like, does this guy have the hooks to take right. us however many yards we need to go to, to, to reach victory? And moments like that in that Mission Viejo game for, for a guy like Darius Curry, that's going to hold so much weight in so many other situations where we're going to be on the sideline not thinking about it, but like, there's a play in the Mission Viejo game that will change the way people react to him when he makes a play in the and then fill in a playoff opponent there. Right. Yeah. T- right. Yeah. To- totally agree. And I think the other thing that you can't overemphasize enough, although, you know, Darius was injured last year, so this doesn't apply to him, is with high school kids, you just can't say enough about um, – about the experience factor, you know? And so for a team like Poly, they got to play five playoff games last year. Well, they had a lot of sophomores starting on that team who are sort of stud juniors now. Well, they got to play 15 games in the fall. Yeah. And they got to play six games in the spring. So, right, you know, but in that fall, you get a season and a half and you're able to really mature a kid to where a junior is kind of coming in now with his seniors reps in terms of processing things he's seeing on the field, like you talked about. And, you know, that, that ability to slow the game down in any sport, I think you and I talk about that with any great athlete we've covered at any high school in any sport. Um, we, we just announced JP Crawford is sponsoring our Lakewood high school coverage this year. Thank you so much to JP. He's a great example. JP is seeing baseball in ninth grade differently than most seniors are able to get to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hate to uh, date me here or whatever, but, uh, in high school, I would go to my coach's room at lunchtime and watch film, right? Real watch real, the black and white film spliced together po- with razor pop- blades. Real popular kid stuff. I was, yeah. I was hanging out with I was hanging out with an adult at lunch, <laughs> and um, and I, you know that was where it was available. Okay, you flash forward now, kids got huddle. Kids got you know what I mean. You can watch mm-hmm. a condensed version of an NFL game at two o'clock on a Tuesday in about see, fifteen minutes. Yeah, the high school quarterbacks today are seeing more snaps their own others, all that stuff, than I could have ever imagined. I would have had to have lived at my coach's house and watched film. 
to be able right. to see that many snaps. Like Miles Jackson has probably seen more snaps than I've forgotten. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, and again, I think that goes to where you feel like people can kind of take this quarterbacking revolution for granted a little bit when it comes to youth sports. It, it's there are tools that make it such that the results have shifted in the direction that they've shifted, but obviously nothing is sort of an end all be all for that stuff. Yeah, for real. Um, and Southern California, just a, a hotbed of quarterback talent too. You know, we have not gone very long locally where there's not one guy where you're just like, Oh, well, I got to I got to see that guy spin the skin, dude. I, I got to go see what he's all about. And then usually you come away thinking, so he's so strong these kids look so strong you know what i mean like qcc keanu campbell caldwell he was with uh, millicans at the td record there he's now at lbcc three years after his last game he plays his next start at lbcc and the first thing i thought was like look at the strength the way he's walking the way he's talking to right. his teammate the way he throws the ball like that power that strength and power is like to me i think when you get into like i said like league play that's coming up for the more league or the playoffs or whatever you can really only go as far as how much your team trusts your quarterback full stop yeah i totally agree i mean there's very few even if you talk about the run heavy teams we've covered who've had success they there was always a tight in fourth down conversion or a okay it's third and 15 we really got to pick one up with a pass to the tight end here um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's always going to be part of it. And if the entire huddle goes out for that play, like, oh, he's got us. Yeah. I think he, we, for sure on the sidelines, see that difference versus a, oh boy, <laughs> let's see what happens here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who would be, okay. So th let's think of quarterbacks that people would not remember, but that we really enjoyed covering, like not the Jesse Scroggins, not, you know, not those guys, but like, who it's like my first one. Is Jake Hooper at St. Anthony. That kid was that kid was like a grown man leader on those football teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was Hooper, Hooper was great for sure. Multiple years too. He was like a couple years starter. And every time he came back, it was just like, well, this is Jake's team. And it's just that you can see it by the way they walk out of the locker room. Um, who was uh your boy at uh at Milliken when we first started? He had a great arm. Jake Holtz. Jake Holtz. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I have Steve Holtz stuck in my head. <laughs> I was like, I know that's not his name. Um, I would similarly go back to when we first started. I think uh, Morgan Fennell at Poly never got nearly the credit I mean, that he deserved. I was and, I was the charter member of Give Morgan More Freaking Credit. You, that, you were, and he, he was, was really setting up fan clubs for that kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to you want to talk about quarterbacks who are unappreciated by their fan bases too. I mean, the stuff you would hear fans yelling about Morgan when he was in high school. And he, and, he, and he won the Division One CIF championship his junior and senior year. A lot of the five star, a lot of the five star All Americans out there didn't do that. And yes, that was obviously a defense and run heavy team. But as we just said, that kid made plays every time they needed to, and the team yeah. trusted him. You yeah, know, it is, yeah, his hands were always on the. Think about those games. Like I'm thinking about the game at Esperanza, just played on a knife's edge. Anything could have happened, gone either way. Like at no point in any of those games back then am I like, oh, and then Morgan made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that was just like not part of the narrative. The kid just didn't turn the ball over. He kept his team on the field and he won chips. I think I can give you a quarterback at every, I think we can do a high school, a quarterback at every high school, except for Compton with all due respect, because I don't throw the ball, but um, Cabrillo. Oh, Chris, Christian Swint somewhere is cursing your name, Mike. Yeah, but I don't remember Swint as a QB. You know what I mean? I, I remember him. Every, I think he played everything. He did. He did yeah. play everything for sure. Um, at Cabrillo, Derek Stewart, I think is definitely one of the more underrated dudes of our 15 year 
yep. coverage span for sure. And they, um, they trusted him so much. This is a weird one I, I totally forgot about. They trusted him so much, they brought him onto the council of people who were supposed to hire the next head coach. Which right. Ended up, which ended up being Jason Brown. Right. Um, I, and I, by the way, this is funny because this was like a thing on Twitter that was like name a random like name a random football player and everyone would just like quote tweet with like Jake Plummer or whatever. So yeah. I, lo- I love that we're doing that for the more league. Oh, for Jake, Jordan- the, Jake, the snake Plummer, dude, an all time performance against Ohio state. in the Yes. Football? Yeah. That yes. Great. I just listened to him on a podcast talking about that. That's funny. Um, for Jordan, I'd have to say Hudson Romaine. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I think we're also just picking a lot of kids who got time to mature. Like yeah. I think that most of the kids we just named got like three-year starters or two, you know, two-year starters where you get a chance to grow into, like I said, being a man, you know what I mean? Like Darius Curry was a man on Friday night. You know, yeah. I mean? he can't buy, he can't buy alcohol or register to vote, but that kid was a man on Friday. For night. sure. Um, I got to go with Lakewood. I, I mean, you said not to do him, but I actually think I'm going to go with Jesse Scroggins specifically because even though he was acclaimed at the time, yeah. Um, you know, he didn't go on and have a huge college and NFL career. And so he I think bad, he, bad situation there, dude, if he doesn't. Oh, for to, sure. Uh, but he's going to be one of those dudes where 20 years from now, if you and I are still doing this, um, people will talk about like, say, Matt Corral is a great NFL career. They're going to talk about Matt Corral. They're going to talk about yeah. the guys who have success at the next level. And you and I are going to be the ones going that Jesse Scroggins, yeah. Lakewood High School, you know what do, I mean? Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the semifinal uh, at like it was like OCC or something? Uh, it was Edison, I think. Lakewood Edison. Yeah. The first the, one. The the one where the security didn't want to let us in. Truth. They're like, oh no, the Long, the Long Beach Post is already on the sideline. It's like you're looking at it. You're like, looking at our entire staff right you now. Are so I'm confident um, that's not the case. Yeah. yeah I don't. It, he was at another level that night and I don't, I'm not going to call out people like that, but like there was a lot of drop balls in that game because yeah. Jesse was throwing absolute heaters to everyone and hitting them right in the hands. Like it was almost like he was like, okay, this is me go like checking up to the next level again in a playoff game. You only go as far as you trust in your quarterback. Like he, he, he took his game to another level that night. And I remember looking at you being like, there's just nobody out here who can stick with him right now on his yeah. team or the other team. Right. Yeah, that, yes, well said. Definitely, uh, definitely a kid that deserved a better, uh, better next stage of his career for sure. So that leaves us with we already did Morgan at Polly and Hoopa at St. Anthony's. So I think that just leaves us at, with Wilson. Uh, I'm gonna go with Brett Harper. I mean, that's what I was gonna say too. Our guy Brett Harper, that you know, exactly I mean, multi-sport I stud, uh, tough as tough as hell, tough as hell oh, quarterback. But dude, okay. We covered some games where that kid got the crap beat out of him. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, it was like a Lakewood or a Millican game. So one of those classic, like second, third place type games in the more league late in the season. Um, and it was at Wilson and he's like running around the corner and he's at the five and just watching those football where you see the quarterback just kind of, you know, hitching his giddy up and step out of bounds or whatever. Yeah. And he lowered his shoulder and he didn't make it to the end zone, but it was like the whole crowd just went, Ooh, like wait, what, what was that <laughs> everyone was like what is he doing <laughs> yeah and you and you feel that on the field man you know those, those for sure kids watching that kid do that and you're like he didn't need to do that but he was like sending a message to his team with the way he the way he like again yeah he acted like a man <laughs> well let's talk about this year's teams we've got uh an exciting slate of games this is our last week of the non-league schedule uh this week but i think we've also got a pretty good idea of 
where the league stands right now, which by the way, for the more league five teams with the winning record, uh, if, if they can, if we can keep four or five with a winning record going into the league, it will have been a long time since that happened, but Polly Jordan Cabrillo, all three and one Milliken and Compton, two and one Lakewood, one and two Wilson still looking for their first win and playing St. Anthony also looking for their first win on Thursday, which uh, I'm curious. I'm curious for your take on that game. Did we do that? Did we name that rivalry? I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm like, yes, I'm that was it. No, that was you specifically started calling it the seven street rivalry. And then you showed up the next year to cover it and they had built a trophy, which was great. Yeah. Phenomenal stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. You're coming, you're covering that game on Thursday, right? I mean, that is basically your, that that's you own that rivalry. You created it. So. <laughs> uh, I just, to be honest with you, I know we talked about this a lot when we were first started working like, Hey, local teams play local teams. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's so much more fun. Uh, it's better for, your school and all that stuff. And St. Anthony really went about doing that in the right way, basically playing a more league schedule a couple of years ago. And it was so much fun and they got so much better by doing it that, uh, that, yeah, they just keep putting more league teams and local teams on their schedule. And I think it's just absolutely great for that school. And, and I think Wilson is the perfect team to be doing that with, with the history of Wilson and the history of St. Anthony and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's really great. I'm just really excited that one of those groups of kids is going to get a win. You know what I mean? It is mm-hmm. really, really tough to dedicate your life to something through spring ball and summer ball and two a days and lifting and all that stuff. And you're into the season, you're three or four games in, you don't have a win. And you're just like, what, like, is this what this is? Is this right? Is this it? And it never feels good, but it specifically doesn't feel good right at the beginning of the season where you're like, we could be in for a long one. So a victory over a rival in front of your friends and family before league, like it's the perfect time to play a game like that. It's the same reason why Lakewood and Mayfair are playing their milk bucket game this week. It's a perfect time to get this out of your system, classic Darby stuff. And, um, and I'm just, somebody's going to win and it's going to be really cool to watch them celebrate with a trophy. That's just all. Yeah. You know what I mean, the, everybody talks about like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, participation trophies and stuff. It's like I'm I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, give everybody a trophy for everything. Did you wake right. up this morning? Congratulations, dude. <laughs> just sell it, just celebrate everything. Why are we taking trophies so seriously? Literally, literally, Coach Walsh just built that thing in his garage. Right. You know I mean? well, and now kids are looking at it like one day I want to lift that up in the air and be like, I beat my friends from blank blank high school across. Right. I'm kind of laughing with uh, with poly coach Stephen Barbie after their Mission Viejo win because it was part of that um, whatever that shit's called. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered it a number of times. It's like it's sponsored by the Marines, and it's like the Great American Rivalry series, but they never actually pick the the, the real rivalry games. You know, yeah. like Poly Sarah obviously is probably a much bigger rivalry than Poly Mission, but. Right. Um, but they come and they, they give money to one of the schools. They give money, you know, scholarship money to a, a senior on each team. And then they give him a trophy and hats. And I was just kind of standing there with Barbie during the, watching the poly kids celebrate laughing. Like they don't care that they won the great American rivalry series. Where they obviously care they beat mission, but they're very excited to get free hats. Yes. And there is a giant, a pretty big trophy actually um, that goes with it that, um, all of the, uh, you know, his sons, my son, everyone wanted to take all the little kids wanted to take pictures of the trophy. <laughs> and I was just kind of standing there like cracking up about that. But well, give me the 32nd uh, scout on losing her. That's where yeah, Polly's um, playing losing her. Are they doing that at Cerritos? They're playing at El Camino, um, Lutzinger's field not available, which I greatly appreciate since it's in LA. So El Camino, a much uh, more enjoyable drive. 
Um, you know, Lutzinger, if you look at the Cal Preps rankings, it's uh, Cathedral, Lutzinger, Milliken, all right next to each other in the mid-70s. So I think that they're, Milliken's probably, I would say, more talented than Lutzinger, but they do have some, like, stud D1 kids on that team. Um, it was a reasonably close game last year. I, there, there weren't really a lot of points where I felt like Polly was going to lose, but I, I think they didn't end up really blowing them out. Um, but I just think, uh, you know, Polly they just look like one of those poly teams. I and mean, it looks like the best poly team we've seen in, in uh, at least a decade. Um, and if they win this game, they, you know, presuming we're obviously not going to make any predictions, certainly not two weeks before league starts, but presuming they go undefeated on the field in the more league, which they've done every year for the last 13 years, it, w- it could be a 10 and 0 season, which I think I'm seeing a lot of the, the poly fans who are in our mentions and on our social media, starting to talk about that. And uh, so, you know, I, I certainly think they've got a very good shot, but, uh, but, you know, definitely not a game that they can take for granted. And I think will give us a good sense of, of how strong they really are going into league where they're going to play Lakewood and Milliken, uh, you know, pretty quick there. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Millic- Speaking of Milliken, they are kind of perfectly placed in the rankings right now. Sometimes we see these teams in the Cal Prep rankings that end up deciding where they play in the CIF section playoffs. And we're like, Oh, look at that team nowhere near where they should be. I feel like Milliken is perfectly placed right now. Do you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, they're in that Division Four bracket that Polly was in last year. And I feel like Milliken's very strong. I mean, I just, I, I think that that win over St. Francis definitely showed it. Like once, w- once Ryan Pelham's back on the field, it's like that offense is just so dynamic. Yeah, they're like um, a different team for sure. Completely different. And, and really just, I, I don't know, whenever we talk to good coaches, they always talk about what are you trying to take away, right? You're trying to take away their best thing and then you're trying to make their second best thing hard, but their third best thing is still a division one receiver is really good. I mean, you know, and first of all, it's difficult to take away Pelham and, and uh, Jordan Anderson. You still have Jello Miranda out there. So yeah. I, I just, and, and with Nigel Osborne, they have a legit running back too. So I, I think they're just, they're really difficult to defend. Um, I like their chances in that bracket for sure. And I think they're, they're taking a, a road trip out to Arizona, which first of all, we love that. Um, always see the cohesion and camaraderie on a team uh greatly increase when they're able to take a trip together so love that in the post uh, post covid world they're able to go and do that um which uh, which tyler's going to have a uh, live coverage of uh, which we're super excited about being in a position to be able to do that i was just going to say time out real fast uh thank you to everybody who uh, supports the 562.org through donations and word of mouth and all that stuff because your support of that is why Tyler's in Arizona right now covering that game. You know what I mean? Without without that stuff, we can't do things like fill, 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 fill in the blank. That's it. Tyler's in yeah. Arizona right now covering Long Beach High School football. It's freaking amazing, man. Yeah. Um, what will be really interesting is what happens with their Cal Preps ranking because the one um, – what, what the Cal Preps ranking is really good at, first of all, is just sort of wide-range, big-net data aggregation. They get every result in the state, and because they have every single team ranked – like their formula believes it knows the difference between the worst football team in California and the second worst football team in California. Um, The data points in state, which is like 99.5% of the game, they're all pretty consistent. They don't have this Arizona team in their California rankings. And so it's sort of curious as to how that will, uh, how that will play out depending on the result there. So very curious to see how that shakes out. Um, the two games I'm honestly maybe the most excited for this week are Jordan and Cabrillo, both with a chance to be 4-0 and going into the Moore League. Um, and, you know, I mean, Jordan Jordan was 3-0 and uh, three seasons ago in 2019, but prior to that, I think it was like 2007, 
Yeah. But they were three and oh. Scotty Meyer, Princeton Fumono, and our guy John Timu. Yeah. So, so so for both of those teams to have a chance to go four and oh, you know, I mean, I, I think that's really significant. Jordan has got a game against an Irvine team. They're ranked a little bit higher than um, I believe. I'd, I have to go back and check the rankings. And then Cabrillo visiting Linwood, which was their only win last year. And I just think Cabrillo, I mean, the chance for them to be four and oh going into the Moore League after last year, where you know, just every week was like, are they going to be able to finish the season or not? It just we've talked about it a number of times on the show, and I mean, it's just going to keep talking about it because it's incredible. Uh, but they just deserve so much credit for the turnaround that they've had over there. It's really remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. Really or an O Cabrillo High School. I do not think anyone's hottest take preseason would have had that. Say it again. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that's really great that they're also playing on Thursday, so a lot more people will be able to see them play. You know what I mean? We we were kind of bemoaning the Thursday games a couple of years ago when they started, and we're just like. Thursday night football doesn't roll off the tongue. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. But we've been able to see so many more teams this year because of these Thursday games uh, that, that we're able to kind of, like you said, like know about Cabrillo and why they're looking good to be 4-0. You know what I mean? I mean, just – just They're not winning just, these games 10-3. They're, they're scoring touchdowns. Yeah. But, and I think just, you know, from a purely selfish perspective, it's so nice for you and me and Tyler to go into the Moore League where we've all seen like four teams and everyone's got a really good sense of – the storylines of the different teams, how good they are. Uh, I'm really looking forward to next week doing our more league preview and, and kind of everyone laying out what they've seen on the table and, and uh, making some predictions and, or, or, uh, or just talking about what we've seen, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm a big fan of Thursday night football. It's definitely taxing because uh, I have to get up to get my kids to school at like seven on Friday after <laughs> we work till three on Thursday, but, uh, but super, super worth it. Obviously, you and I both got into this basically because of high school football and then sort of within a year or two spread to all the other sports. But, you know, if we could get high school football three days a week, obviously from a business perspective, it would be great, but just on a personal level too, there's just nothing better than being at these games. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Um, the, the other games that we didn't mention, like I said earlier, Lakewood and Mayfair, that milk bucket rivalry game, Lakewood trying to get right against some of their friends. And then Compton Eisenhower is also going to be a good game for Compton to try to bounce back from a very, very disappointing loss at Paramount that also may have cost them some players. Uh, the depth in Long Beach football, still an issue, even though, you know, we're talking right now about so many teams with winning records and all that stuff. Like, the depth is still a, still a thing, and I think we'll probably be talking about that as we get deeper into the season in league and into playoffs because he who is healthiest will go the farthest. We've seen that so many times. I think of that Jordan team last year, the Jordan football team, you think of an injury that team had thinking right. about the other day. It's like, no, man, pretty much every week, everybody was ready to go. Well, I mean, you know, people are sort of correctly talking about how much better this year's poly team is than last year's poly team was. But, you know, I, I was pointing out to everyone as, as the person who covers that team pretty closely, you know, when they played mission last year, Dalen Austin was not playing. I mean, they were, they were down three of their t- starting four defensive backs um, in addition to a couple of linemen. And so, you know, what's the biggest difference for Polly this year? Are they a better team than last year? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, and, and love what the coaches are doing with play calling and everything. But honestly, the number one thing, there's been, I think, one starter that has not been available for the first three weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just a very different position than where they were last year, where, you know, they were able to kind of use the more league season to get healthy for the playoffs, um, which, uh, you know, which is sort of a luxury, obviously, when, when you're in their shoes, that most of those games, you're kind of able to just do what you need to for the bigger picture. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it all comes down to health, especially, I mean, every sport, but especially in football, because it is every week is just kind of a crapshoot as to, to what happens out there for sure. Yeah. Well, we will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday games for our local Long Beach football teams. I mentioned LBCC earlier. They're going to be fun this year. They've got some explosive talent on that team on both sides of the ball, really. And a bunch of local guys, as, as, the, as you do. Brett Peabody doing such a great job recruiting over there for LBCC. So all your Long Beach football available at the 562.org. Make sure you follow along with the live highlights, or excuse me, with the live updates, and then the highlights coming this weekend. Uh, and get involved. Leave a comment. You want to put your prediction down as well. Do that because we will see you in the stands this weekend.